What is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Radcliffe, and it is Friday, December 18th. Ready for the big show here. Fantasy football semifinals got off to a very interesting start with that Thursday game. Uh, No doubt about it. Man, Keenan Allen, that stunk. Austin Eckler, not the best game. If you use Derek Carr, oof. But hey, Darren Waller. (laughs) Darren Waller, you got that. Josh Jacobs wasn't that bad either. Uh, Looks like Derek Carr's going to miss some time here, so... We'll have to talk about Mr. Marcus Mariota, but that'll be next week on Tuesday. Of course, I do want to remind you there are two games tomorrow, if you're listening to this on Friday. If you're listening to this on Saturday, there are two games today, so make sure you don't miss the uh, inactives for those games. You don't want to get caught with your pants down. Uh, well, in any situation, but especially in that situation right there. So let's break the games down for you. Before I get into that, of course, let me tell you about our sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight, do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Well, you need to go check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps. You don't have to play against sharks, and that means anyone has a chance of winning, even you. Monkeyknifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love, baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, eSports, and of course, football. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. And you know what else? MonkeyKnifeFight.com has a free $5 game for you just for signing up. And if you use the promo code RANT, that's the name of this podcast, R A N T, you'll have your first deposit matched instantly up to $50. It's a good deal right there. With a name like MonkeyKnifeFight.com, you could be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up to play today at MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Play to MKF and win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. Go check it out. It's pretty cool. Go check it out. All right, so let's dive into the games. Uh, We'll start with these two uh, Saturday games, Buffalo and Denver, starting things off. You know who you're starting from the Bills. The one question might be Zach Moss. 13 carries last week. It's not a bad matchup. They're the number 11 matchup the Broncos are, but I'm not using Moss as anything more than a flex, just based on the volatility. We haven't seen him string together a couple games where he's been consistently decent, and that's really what I'm looking for here. Uh, On the other side, looks like Noah Fan will be good to go, and actually really like him in this spot. The Bills allowing 64.1 receiving yards and .5 touchdowns per game to opposing tight ends. That's a good spot for him. I don't really like Drew Locke, even though the matchup on paper looks good. I think it's just too volatile. In fact, I am playing the Bills' defense in this one as a streamer. Carolina, Green Bay, no Christian McCaffrey, so yes, Mike Davis. Love the matchup here uh, for Mike Davis. Green Bay really struggles against the run, 4.43 yards per carry, a rushing score per game allowed on average to opposing backfields. Uh, Curtis Samuel popped up on the injury report, and uh, this one is um, this is a little dicey here. Not that you were necessarily using Samuel, but a, a late-week downgrade, never a good thing. I don't know if he's going to go. I do think DJ Moore ultimately is back on the field. So that's at least good for Teddy Bridgewater, but this is a tough matchup. So we're not streaming Teddy. 243 net passing yards per game allowed. That's one of the lower in the leagues for the Packers. They have pretty good pass defense, even though the run defense isn't particularly strong. Tampa, Atlanta. Oh, well, Atlanta has a pretty good run defense, surprisingly enough. So no Ronald Jones in this one. The finger, the COVID list. So Leonard Fournette looks like he's a lead back. He's a flex play, nothing more than that. I love the matchup for Brady. 296 net passing yards, two passing scores per game is what the Falcons are allowing. So Brady, season-long top 12 
in DFS, very interesting to stack yet again. And I think I would look at, obviously you'd be looking at the wide receivers, but the contrarian viewpoint might be to stack him with with Tom Brady and then follow up on the other side with Calvin Ridley. Obviously, that's pretty chalky, but it's not a bad play. Julio will not be playing, so lots of Calvin Ridley, almost 11 targets per game for him with Julio out. No Todd Gurley. Uh, Not only is he toast, this matchup's terrible. 3.2 yards per carry. (laughs) The Bucs are really good against the run. San Francisco and Dallas. Uh, Dallas, It's this is the weirdest defense, man. They allow the second fewest passing yards per game, net passing yards per game, but the fourth most passing scores per game. It's like crazy. It doesn't matter for Nick Mullins. I, I still love Brandon Ayuk. actually have him as a top 10 play right now. It does look like Raheem Mostert's going to play, which surprises me. So that takes the wind out of Jeff Wilson's sails. If you were thinking about using him, it uh, just feels a little too risky. It's a great matchup, but it's definitely too risky right now. On the other side, speaking of risky, Ezekiel Elliott. Three red flags for fantasy purposes against him. First, he's hurt. He's not injured. He's hurt. So he's a little banged up, right, at this point in the season. All right, whatever. The 49ers matchup is brutal. 3.65 yards per carry. Tony Pollard's on the rise. That's enough to move Zeke down to almost flex territory. He's a back-end RB2. Detroit, Tennessee, I initially was a little cautious with DeAndre Swift, but watching the game back last week, he looked fine. No lingering effects, it looks like, because he's not on the injury report. So I think he's good to go as a top 20 play. It's a good matchup. Tennessee's a top 10 matchup. The problem is Matthew Stafford, we still don't have clarity. Like right now, Stafford uh, is, is listed as questionable. So is he going to play? I don't know. He practiced in limited fashion on Friday, so he could play. If he plays, I think they move the ball at least somewhat well. If he doesn't play, they don't move the ball, and it makes Swift more risky. Uh, No uh, Kenny Galladay here. Not a big surprise. Derrick Henry, awesome schedule. We know the matchup's phenomenal. You don't need a reason to use him in season long, but maybe you need a reason to pay up for him in DFS. There are a lot of punt wide receiver options this week. So I think you could get some and and some decent quarterbacks that are a little bit cheaper as well. You could get some lineups with Derrick Henry together for sure. I like the matchup for Ryan Tannehill. He's a top 10 play for me this week. It's a number seven fantasy matchup for quarterbacks. Houston and Indy. This is a tricky spot for Deshaun Watson. So the Colts allow the fifth fewest fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. But we saw Watson throw for 341 against Indy two weeks ago. So he didn't throw for any passing scores, but he did run for a score. So I, I think he's still a top 12 player. I can't really go into battle without him this week. So I, I don't mind that. Um, Duke Johnson. So uh, Duke Johnson's status in this one, obviously critical for David Johnson. And uh, right now, it does not look promising because he didn't practice on Thursday or Friday. So if he doesn't play, David Johnson becomes like a low upside, high volume flex. He's kind of like a Frank Gore, but with more touches. I know that's not what we strive to be in life, but you could use him. It's not a great matchup, but you could use him based on volume. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, obviously you're using him. He is a stud right now. Over the last uh, two weeks, he's the number one fantasy running back. Houston allows the most fantasy points per game, the most rushing yards per game, the most rushing yards per carry, the most rushing scores per game, like all of it. It's like the, the Mount Rushmore of running back matchups right here for Jonathan Taylor. So, yeah, we're all in there. Uh, And DFS-wise, obviously, the price is a little high, but 
whatever. Uh, Rivers gets the number nine matchup. I'm not going as far as streaming him like over Watson, for example, but he is one of the better streamers this week, and he really has gotten the connection going with T.Y. Hilton. Over the last two weeks, 13 catches for 196 yards and three scores, of course. One of those games was against the same defense. New England, Miami. Can we really trust New England at all? No. And that's really all I want to say. Like, even Damian Harris can't trust him anymore because of Sony being back. On the other side, Tua Tungavailoa trending up, but this matchup's really bad. Third worst matchup for quarterbacks. Patriots allowing just 229 net passing yards per game, so no thanks. As far as the backfield, it's a favorable matchup, 4.5 yards per carry, but I don't know if Miles Gaskin's going to be off the COVID list in time. DeAndre Washington would be more of a, a low upside flex play if Gaskin doesn't come back. Uh, and Savan Ahmed too would be in the mix. Uh, Ahmed got to limp. He played. He he was limited all week, so it, he's far from a lock to get on the field. Chicago and Minnesota. David Montgomery's been on fire. <laughs> all those jokes earlier in the year, but he took advantage of a really great schedule. He's second to only Derrick Henry over the last three weeks in fantasy scoring. And this is a decent matchup, 4.4 yards per carry to opposing running backs. So he's a top 10 play. And when you think about it, this is a team that's essentially one game out of a wild card spot or you know one game of, out of being in wild card contention. And they have the same record as their opponent. So they want to win. And how do you win? Uh, maybe a lean on David Montgomery a little bit here. Uh, I never thought I'd say that, but I am saying that right now. And Mitchell Trubisky wasn't under center in the previous matchup, so I don't know if I can really get a beat on what this passing game is going to look like against Minnesota's lackluster secondary with Trubisky, but he is going to take more shots, so I think that's a good thing here. He's a desperation streamer. His presence is good for for Allen Robinson, though. On the other side, Chicago tough on the run, but Dalvin Cook doesn't really freaking matter. Last time we saw them play each other he had 34 touches like it wasn't his best game of the season but he had 34 freaking touches so it doesn't matter uh big irv is in play as a streamer here because kyle rudolph will not be on the field so i actually dig the matchup as well it's a number four matchup for tight ends seattle washington the football team tough on the run but i'm not talking you out of chris carson what i am saying though is chris carson's more of an rb2 than he is an rb1 it's a tougher matchup and he's splitting reps with Carlos Hyde. So just think about that. Otherwise, it's pretty straightforward for Seattle. On the Washington side, Alex Smith won't be playing in this one. He's officially out. That's a huge downgrade for this offense. I mean, Seattle's obviously one of the top defensive plays of the week. But, you're, I mean, you're talking Dwayne Haskins. So this hurts Terry McLaurin. It hurts Logan Thomas. It hurts J.D. McKissick because uh, Antonio Gibson is... He got to limited, but he's listed as doubtful, so he's not going to play this week. So what do we do? I mean, McLaren is a wide receiver two play, right? Uh, Logan Thomas is a fringe tight end one, and McKissick is basically a flex option. And I don't know if they're going to be able to move the ball that well uh, in this one with Haskins under center. Jacksonville and Baltimore, a lot of people, probably the, one of the most popular names thrown out there this week for me has been James Robinson. Do you start him? Now, the matchup's far from optimal in this one, but you know we did see Baltimore just give up three rushing scores to the Browns' backfield, and Robinson's going to touch the ball a whole freaking lot. 20.8 touches per game. He's number four fantasy running back. Why would we think about sitting him unless we're absolutely loaded? It's a top 10 play, regardless of the matchup, regardless of the state of the Jags offense. On the other side, also kind of interesting for running backs, a great matchup. The Jags' third most rushing yards per game allowed. 
And really, it is J.K. Dobbins, even though it's maybe not the slam dunk. He's this year's, you know, uh, Miles Sanders or whatever you want to call him, the breakout running back down the stretch. He is clearly an RB2. He's 15th among running backs over the last two weeks. And that's exactly where I'm ranking him this week. So he's startable. And of course, Lamar Jackson is startable. Uh, Obviously, you know... (laughs) He's back to where he was last year, and this is just a great matchup, so don't overthink that. He's an elite play this week. All right, let's talk about the Rams and the Jets. There are no startable Jets, so let's just talk about the Rams. I love the matchup for Jared Goff. He's a top 12 option this week. Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, regular wide receiver. Two plays like usual, but I think the key for a lot of people is going to be what to do with Cam Akers. He really cemented the breakout last week against the Patriots. Top 20 carries in each of his last two games. And the Jets are allowing 97.5 rushing yards per game to opposing backfields. I don't see anything there that says he shouldn't be started as an RB1. And that's that's where we are now. He's a top 12 play. In fact, a top 10 play for me this week. Philly, Arizona. Uh, Jalen Hurts, I've talked about it already, but I am buying in on him as a top 12 play. And it's really the high floor that comes, you know, the, comes with thanks to his ability on the ground that plus I do think he can throw a little bit in this game. He's a little bit better than people realize as a passer, at least from what we saw last year at, at Oklahoma. I thought he took a nice step forward from earlier in his career. Uh, also, his presence helps Miles Sanders. He's an RB1. Kyler Murray is not an elite option any longer, but he's still a quarterback one. And this matchup's really nice for him because Philly is so banged up in the secondary. So he's a top five play. Also, we got to keep an eye on uh, Chase Edmonds. So as of right now, when I'm recording this, uh, Edmonds, the Friday practice status for Edmonds was limited. He is questionable with an ankle injury. If he doesn't go, then that means a three-down roll for Kenyon Drake, which would be very appealing. If if he does go, Kenyon Drake's more of an RB2 play, but he'll see enough volume even in a tough matchup to be an RB2. Kansas City and New Orleans on the New on the Kansas City side. New Orleans is a brutal matchup. We know that. 3.7 yards per carry, 0.4 rushing scores per game allowed to running backs. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is more of a back-end RB2 here because of the matchup, and I honestly think that the game script isn't going to favor him. Patrick Mahomes, Kelsey, Hill, they're matchup-proof, and I think that's where you attack, even though New Orleans is a pretty good pass defense. Taysom Hill out. Drew Brees in. Breeze will be back under center. That actually helps Alvin Kamara boost him back up into elite territory. He's my number three running back. It's a great matchup on top of it. It's the uh, Chiefs allowing 4.56 yards per carry. So good timing here if you have Alvin Kamara, no doubt about it. Cleveland and the Giants. Oh, and by the way, almost didn't say it. Michael Thomas isn't going to play. <laughs> so... Alvin Kamara is going to have like 100 catches in this game. Uh, Michael Thomas officially out. Another lost season. Kenny Galladay lost season. Christian McCaffrey lost season. Michael Thomas lost season. There you go. Uh, Cleveland and the G-Men. Baker. Well, is Baker a streamer here? Because no James Bradbury for the Giants. I don't think so. Now, Baker's put up some good numbers recently. But really, if you think about it, how do you beat the Giants? Not through the air. It's on the ground. They are a top 10 matchup for running backs. We know this team loves to run the football with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So I think that's what we see more of here. I don't mind using, obviously, Jarvis Landry and maybe even Rashard Higgins as a as sort of desperation wide receiver three. But this one really boils down to the running backs. On the other side, Daniel Jones is up in the air. And as of this recording, I don't see an, an official designation of out. 
and they they have designated uh, cornerback Darnay Holmes out. So it's a questionable designation. He went limited all week. Can he get back on the field or not? I, I honestly, I, you know, I'm hoping he doesn't play hobbled because I really want the offense to move the ball. I think Colt McCoy can do just enough to move the football. And that's really, it's it's solely about Wayne Gallman. Can they sustain drives for Wayne Gallman to build up some volume in this game? That's what it really comes down to. I think he's an RB2 in this matchup. Rounding it out here with the final game on the slate, Pittsburgh-Cincinnati. It's a mid-pack matchup for the passing game for the Steelers with the exception of tight end. Eric Ebron gets the second-best matchup. He's a top-ten play. A lot of people maybe doubting Deontay Johnson after last week's debacle. I am not necessarily one of those people. I think this is lesson learned, slap on the wrist, right? Lesson learned, and we move on. And he sees plenty of of volume here. He's the best play of the three, but he's still just a back-end wide receiver too. As far as James Conner is concerned, he got to limited today. I'm still a little bit wary of him suiting up, so keep a close eye on his status. Uh, he's far from a lock to play. But if he does go, it's a good matchup. If he doesn't go, it's a good matchup for Benny Snell. If you have uh, James Conner, just make sure you have Benny Snell on speed dial. Just saying. As far as the other side is concerned, (laughs) Doug Burrow, did you hear that? (laughs) Doug Burrow. (laughs) That that made me laugh. Anyway, look it up. Um, uh, They've been awful since Doug got hurt, since Joe Burrow got hurt. Uh, But uh, there's really no appeal here. Maybe Tyler Boyd is a desperation play, a wide receiver three slash flex. But really, I, I, I think, you know, even Giovanni Bernard, he's fallen out of favor. It's a brutal matchup for the passing game. It's a brutal matchup for the run game. This one, unless Cincinnati somehow figures out a way to surprise us here, I mean, it is a home game for them, if that's anything, but I don't think it is. If they figure out a way to surprise us, I will be surprised, but otherwise, I think that the Steelers just mop the floor with them, which is kind of what the Steelers need anyway to get back on track. So, yeah, I'm not using any of the Bengals. All right, that wraps it up. Week 15 in the hopper. All right, go check out the rankings and projections uh, from yours truly over at FTNFantasy.com, FTNBets.com for player props from yours truly, and FTNDaily.com for all of the DFS goodness, including some of the cool tools that uh, yours truly powers over there. That's ftndaily.com. Keep reviewing the podcast. The easiest way to do so is if you have an iPhone, open up the podcast app and go to my show, The Rant with Jeff Ratcliffe. Go to the bottom, click the stars, you're done. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram. Hashtag Rat Pack. That way I know you're a listener of the show. Good luck. Don't overthink it. I'll catch you on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here. (laughs) 